Yo, welcome to the My City Podcast. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to the My City Podcast, episode 42. Love for tuning in, everyone, into our last episodes. Um, you got your boy, Big Sam. You got your boy, Ira. Well done, bro. How's it going, people? How's it going, people? Very good. And you got my like Warren, the lawyer himself, in the house. What are you saying, B? I'm good, man. How's it going? All blessed, man. All blessed. All blessed. All blessed. Oh, so so today we're going to be talking about how you can, um, how you actually get a lawyer and or an accountant. Um, a lot of people know how to be one. They know that, or some people know how to be one. They know what to do at uni. They know what to do course-wise after uni. But people don't actually know how do I get a lawyer. Um, mm. You know, I have a family lawyer, but that's one of my dad's best friends from school. Mm. So how do you get a lawyer? So we're <laughs> going to talk about that. Um, if you haven't already, tune in to episode 41. That was a special ERCT episode. Um, it was a Q&A. We had some questions such as, can you lose your salvation? Um, whether your partner's promiscuous past matters. Um, and also... Sam, if you want to expand on that, what we spoke about in the last episode. Yeah, we spoke about a couple of things still. Tune <laughs> 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 into the last episode, it was a good one still. Uh, obviously, a lawyer, uh, Warren's perfect for this because he, he's a corporate lawyer. And um, yeah, you know, do you want to go do a brief intro into, into So, you? I'm a corporate lawyer at one of the top city law firms. Sold which... out, fam. Sold out, man. <laughs> <laughs> Won't go into for now. Um... Focusing more so on mergers and acquisitions and private equity. Been doing that for a year um, after having done a two-year training contract. And you did law at uni or no? Yeah, so I did straight law at University of Leeds. Okay. And the way it works is you do a couple of vacation schemes, which is essentially an internship. I did three. Um, I also did one in Singapore. So it was a jam-packed summer. Jeez. It was lit. Can't yeah, lie. Sounds it from Singapore. I heard it decent. It's on my bucket list. You know, uh, uh? <laughs> you can't do that for. <laughs> You're a bad guy. I'm gonna tell him what you just. I'm gonna tell him I just clocked. I clocked what you did. Saying is he saying it? But so wait. So did you, did you know you wanted to do law from like early then? Like I from... did actually. I did. In fact, um, I've still got it's fraud. Like some of those, <laughs> some of those mappings out of like. I don't know when you was at primary school. Have you did those? Them ten year plans. I still got them. Yeah, 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 wow, exactly. You know, from that young. Yeah, from that young. Well, you knew what I, I had was a couple that... other things on there, like presenters. Like I wanted to be one of you guys. Yeah. Hold oh, yeah. on. What did you say? You said wait, wait, you knew you knew what a lawyer was from then. Yeah. All right. Stick, stick it on me. Stick. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't know what a lawyer was when I was in primary school. Cause. For real? Nah. Call me dumb. Call me. Oh, what, 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 you went school packing, so it makes sense. Anyway. You don't even know where you're from. What, 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 I'm just going Dunwich, bro. I'm out heavy. This guy's a fraud, bro. You're oh, a fraud. <laughs> you make me sick, bro. Man, I went to Kingsdown. <laughs> this guy. But yeah, wait, so, so, like, honestly, you knew what a lawyer was from them times? In all honesty, mm. I, I had no idea what okay. it actually entailed. Okay. I just, teachers had told me, yeah. oh, you like to argue, so you'd be great as a lawyer. See, I, my, yeah, my okay, people used to ask me, I, people say I, used to, like, I ask a lot of questions, so I'd be a good lawyer. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, like, my feeling? boy. <laughs> <laughs> Man's an advocate on that, bro. And then also, but my idea of what a lawyer was evolved over yeah, time. Of course, of course, of course. So it was only once I did actual work experience at Chambers mm. in year eleven 
that I actually understood what a barrister did. Okay. And um, clearly there's a difference between a barrister and a solicitor. And at the time I thought, yeah, it's all about being a barrister. Who, yeah. who on earth wants to be a solicitor? Yeah. You know, I thought it was barrister. I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, everyone thinks you barristers are white wigs and stuff in court. What's <laughs> 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 that Brazilian? Yeah, see what it's like to be a girl. Anyways, um, so I was going to ask, so moving on to barrister, what are the different types of lawyers? Mm. So, um, as I said, there's, there are barristers, there are solicitors. Barristers are essentially advocates. So they will adv advocate on your behalf in court. Um, they'll present an argument mm. in your favor to, to the jury or, or to the judge, um, where solicitors will help to build on your case. They can advise you on that. That's in a contentious um, um, circumstances. It can also be transactional, which is more so what I do. So advising on deals, like I said, mergers and acquisitions, um, terms and conditions of contracts. As you know, you can get solicitors on like conveyancings of, of, of property as well. Um, but in short, solicitors will hold the client relationship. So you might have a, <clears throat> have a client who then needs an advocate and then the solicitors will instruct the barrister to advocate on the client's behalf in court. You also can have barristers who do a bit of both. Mm. So, and that's via direct access. So in some circumstances, it is cheaper to have a barrister to just do Everything. a solicitor role yeah. as well as the advocacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And likewise, it might be cheaper to have a solicitor advocate who can advocate on your behalf in court as well. But usually on the, you know, juicy cases, you'll yeah. just have a top barrister advocating on your behalf. You wouldn't mm. necessarily have a solicitor advocate. You know, like the advocate thing, is it actually written in law that you need, for example, a barrister to advocate on your behalf or like, for example, you're a lawyer. Mm. You're not like advocate yourself. for yourself, Kaz. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so it's not it's not like a law that you must have someone else. Have you watched Law by the Citizen? Of course no, you, can, no, you, you can advocate for yourself. No, I've got man like you Warren Hedges. Have you been caught that for me, Rude <laughs> boy. Have you been caught before, Sam? Huh? Have you been caught before? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Yeah, no comment. <laughs> yeah, criminal. Oh, I just see a picture on, on your Instagram. You're a fraud. Go to your you carry on anyway. So, yeah. so you can do that. It's not recommended, but oh, okay. it's it's not mandatory. You you don't have to have a barrister defend you. Um, in fact, my uncle um represented himself in court. It was on a low value um claim in respect of like payments not not duly made. Um, that was just a matter of like contract. Um, construing the contract, interpretation of the terms. Is he a lawyer? He's not a lawyer. Okay, you so don't, you don't necessarily have to be a lawyer. Need, no, not no, necessarily. Okay. Especially nowadays in this day and age, yeah. information is free. For real, for real. You can go real. on the internet. We've, we've got practical law. We've got LexisNexis, Westlaw. These are all resources um, readily available to lawyers and to you... find information in relation to case law as well as to best practice. Mm. Those aren't usually readily available to the public, but if they were to be, you could yeah, you could technically just thing yourself. But that is definitely not what I'd recommend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you especially if it's on an issue which is um, dear to you, you would want someone who's independent to mm. represent you in court, mm. and um, it wouldn't necessarily look good if you were to defend yourself. Particularly, like I said, if it is a is a is a matter which is dear to you. So, um, what about judge then? How does that differ to? Everything to you have to be a, you, you've had to, you would you would have needed to be a lawyer for a few years first before you can be a judge. Is that correct? Oh, is that is that the case? Um, some not necessarily did. actually. Oh, for real? I thought, it, I thought it, you, it depends what type of judge. So there are some. Um, I think they're county judges. Um, 
to members of the public who have very good standing who volunteer as a judge. But those are on really minor cases. Well, and they're not lawyers? No. Not What's lawyers. going on, fam? But Wait. those are minor cases. So like I minor be a judge like that You're problem. holding weed, right? Yeah. Um, What's weed? Marriage or one Cannabis. Legal in some circumstances. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I said legalize it, you know. <laughs> but for the most part, like the sorts of judges that you're speaking of, yes, absolutely. You know, you have to be. No, no. Let, let's hear about standard. the other type because that's the that's the tea today. What, so you're telling me any average Joe? Okay, obviously not literally an average Joe, but someone that's not qualified as a lawyer could technically decide if someone's like someone's penalty or someone's going to prison or. Well, that's what juries are, aren't they? Isn't it? The jury does. Okay, we can even get into jury. Like, is it purely the jury decision or can the judge overrule the jury? No. So the, it, is, it is the jury's decision. The judge would tell them the law. They'd explain the law yeah. in an, in an sentence, in, impartial manner. Did the jury manner. get paid for them? Yeah? <laughs> Sorry? Did they get paid? Wait, so... Oh, that's a madness. <laughs> so but for, 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 for a judge, a, voluntary, a volunteer, mm. um, that would be at the county court. So like I said, those would be very small infringements. They would be okay. very small cases. Um, then you get to the high court, you know, and there you're, you're meeting your judges who yeah, of course, of course. are actually qualified. And in terms of the training that these volunteers get, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't comment on it because okay, <laughs> okay, I don't okay. do it, right? But, but to be the big man judge is like <sighs> practicing law. That's, that's Supreme Court, isn't it? Oh, but oh, Supreme Court. That's another level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So at, at the one Supreme day, Court level. Worry, one day, one day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're interested in that kind of stuff, don't it? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Take my prayer back then. For... <laughs> not for me. I mean, for corporate lawyers, most of us, especially on the transactional. So I advise on transactions. Mm. For us, if it, if things get to court, it's it's disastrous. Yeah. And we'll just pass it over to our, to our colleagues in disputes. But we're more working on, to what I might, to what my mind, to my mind is, far more value accretive stuff you know mm. we're making things happen we're helping people to do things forward looking rather than looking back at what they did um two years ago and now they're trying to cover but some of our deals do actually end up becoming contentious situations and i did do six months in a dispute seat and um, that was really interesting mm. so obviously so so you're so we have criminal lawyers right we have uh, corporate lawyers, like what other lawyers do we have? We've got family lawyers, well, what's that? Family lawyers, I mean, to be honest, you should look at it more so as, one, you have to look at what a lawyer specialises in in terms of their, their knowledge, so their sector expertise. Um, I have no idea what what the law is on families, um, so in respect of who can have custody of a child or divorce law, right? So don't instruct me on, on any matters to do with that. You can instruct me on matters to do with a company. I can look at the company's law, Company Law Act 2006 and um, any other regulations in that respect or case law, but family law, no. Mm. And, and secondly, um, you need to look at who they advise, so their clients. So when I say I'm a corporate lawyer, I advise corporates by and large um, rather than in advising in individuals. Mm. Some corporate lawyers do advise private individuals in terms of like managing their wealth. Most corporate lawyers will focus on companies. So within the corporate law firm that I work at, we have tons of different specialisms, you know, real estate lawyers, um, employment lawyers. Like I said, I'm a corporate lawyer, I focus on the M&A, but there'll also be finance lawyers, disputes lawyers, tax lawyers, um, anti-competition lawyers, mm. um, the list goes on. 
So the firm itself actually focuses on corporate law or is it like, do they sort of branch into other areas as well? So it depends on the firm, but at my firm, it's not just corporate law. Right, okay. it, it, we call it corporate law because we're advising corporates by yeah. and large, but it's not all necessarily company law. Sometimes we'll be advising individuals. Cool. So, so as you're one of my guys, my main guys, um, so for you to advise me, I need to uh, do a little application of company health. So I have my company, and then tell you, yeah, I'm out here. Yeah. Not, not necessarily. You know, I could, I could advise you. <laughs> Before, but but what we'd have to or... we'd have to get some terms in place. <laughs> yeah, in terms of engagement, um, we'll get a little engagement letter off and running, my oh, boy. So, so that's what someone needs to do. So it'll be like uh, get an engagement letter. And um, is it like a retainer? Is it mm. I pay you every week? I pay you per deal? How does it work? I mean, no, obviously I wouldn't pay you in general, but if you can do listening, in terms there's of the contract, didn't it? <laughs> Nothing's for free, my boy. <laughs> Guy, fam. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All really, right. let, let's I remember talk when about you was coding, you, you didn't want to code my website. Oh, my day. I, oh, ah. <laughs> was it £300? I see. This guy no, I'm joking, but, um, you, know, you know, I forgot about that. You know. <laughs> I remember when, we, when I wanted to build an app, he caught it. I told him the app, right? Yeah, I remember it. You told me. I'll lie to you, bro. Like, I'll get that to you. Still. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, does, it does differ. It's an interesting topic because yeah. um, traditionally, lawyers will always charge by the hour. Mm. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, and that can end up being incredibly expensive. Um, more so nowadays, we're getting a bit more intuitive and innovative with the way in which we charge clients. So you can get a fixed retainer, you can get a fixed fee. What's a retainer for them and that don't know? No. Don't look at me like that. Like same man don't know. Man knows, isn't it? But what's a retainer? <laughs> um, so a retainer <laughs> is money put down on on in our client account before we actually start any work. Okay. So. Just that you're their lawyer, regardless of whether they need work or not. You're their lawyer, basically. Yeah, essentially. How does it differ from a deposit? Doesn't really, to okay. be honest. And to be fair, with our with our key clients, we don't actually ask for a deposit because okay. we know they're good for it. Okay. Uh, at the end of the day, we then have to trawl through all of our narratives and explain why. Well, in some instances, we have to explain why we charged a certain amount. Yeah, yeah. I actually, helped someone get a lawyer the other day, um, in Ghana, actually. Um, as in the client was in Ghana or the lawyers in Ghana? Well, a friend of mine was doing some business in Ghana. Yeah. So I referred him to lawyers in Ghana who had a relationship with my firm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was then able to get a fixed fee, okay. um, which is always preferable. Mm. If you if you can, get just get a fixed You know cap. what you're getting. And, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a, and the key difference is between an estimate and a cap. Most lawyers will give you an estimate, fee estimate. But if they blow it, it's just an estimate, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you got it all crooked, isn't it? <laughs> estimate at 5k ends up being 20. Don't oh my god, disgusting, bruv. <laughs> you think lawyers are worse than bankers? Bruv, they're all one in the same, bruv. You know, <laughs> do you know what's mad as well? Like, obviously, we're not getting onto accountants now, but I found it so interesting when you were talking about um, solicitors because you were talking about like the advisory aspect of it and. Like a lot of it sounds similar to like what some accountants do, what some consultants do. Do you know what I mean? That's what I was thinking. Like with that aspect of sort of consulting, quote unquote, is it consulting based on the law? Like it all reverts back to okay, I'm advising you to do this, but the root of my advice comes from big man. You got to comply with this law, kind of thing. Or I think what we're different is um, so you know how I help (laughs) clients manage their privacy and GDPR and stuff. So and because my company sells them software. Then ask me, okay, what do you suggest doing? And I'll be like, listen, go to your legal team for that. <laughs> That's the base. It's, it's, my job, it's my job to tell you how you can do it. Yeah. You you need to go to your legal team to tell mm. you whether you should do it or not. 
And I think you're on the other end. You're more of a cool. Do this. Do not do this. But then that, I don't. Right? I don't understand how advisory comes into this. Then because you're advising them. It's what not. To do. It's not advice. It's you have to do this. If it's law. Where does the suggestion? Because people like him will f- find a way in between the lines. Oh, to I, 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 I see where you're coming from now. <laughs> That's where I, it's all I, coming I would out, say um, advisory is different to transactional. Okay. So transactional law, which is the majority of what I do, is not necessarily saying you can or cannot do this. Although, although that is sometimes implied, often we're drafting documents, right? And then we send it to the other side, they send us their markup, and it, and and it and so on and so forth. There's a lot of negotiation involved in terms of the terms, binding the the parties. It's like striking a deal between two big parties on like billion pound transactions or multi-million pound transactions. Mm. In other instances, yes, it is a case of a client comes to us and says, look, we want to convert our business from a company to to a limited liability partnership, right? How do we do it? Can we do it? Um, How do we do it without prejudicing our our existing partners yeah. um, who we might not want to tell about the move, right? Okay, yeah. Do we need their consent? How do we structure this? Do we do it as a mm. business transfer or do we just convert the the status literally from company to LLP, right? right? So in those instances, you can end up as lawyers putting together lots of structure plans and like options as to what you can do next from a legal yeah. perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, you can end up doing lots of research papers. Like you can end up doing notes on just like the law, although the client doesn't care about the law, they just want to know whether they can or cannot do it. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some clients will actually say, we don't agree with your advice. I'm going to go to another lawyer. <laughs> That's happened. Like hmm. sometimes we'll, a client will come to us and say, these lawyers aren't being commercial. They don't agree with our point of yeah. view. What do you think? And sometimes we'll turn around and we'll do the analysis and we agree, or we might come to a different um, decision. I find it so interesting because like, you know, the average the average Joe would think, fam, it's the law in it. So it's, it's a yes or no, it's black and white. So it shouldn't be a case where one law, one set of lawyers is um, telling the client what what the law is in this instant. And then set of, another set of lawyers is telling the client something else. It should be like, um, common sense will tell you that that client can't go to another set of lawyers and get a different bit of information or a bit of advice in terms of what they can and can't do. And it's funny as well because I completely hear you in terms of the whole um, advising clients what they can and can't do, but where it's like how they do it, is that not encroaching into consultants work and like literally taking mm. work off them like allow it like you know I'm making enough money <laughs> move I'm like do you know what I mean kind of thing like sometimes that's the best bit I oh like oh my goodness <laughs> the consultancy <laughs> that, consultancy uh, uh, like, yeah, so lawyers, like, some lawyers are so literally like, like management consultants 100%. to some extent 100%. especially some of these partners right the clients will just go straight to when you get to that of yeah. course yeah of course but like, on your point in terms of like the, the law just white, is yeah. right yeah it's an interesting point but because in you in the UK anyway um, we have statute and case law. Um, you end up in a lot of positions where the case law, you'll, you'll have one case which says one thing, another case which says another, and it's just unclear what the, what the judge may or may not uphold. Right. So you okay, can end up in law. situations where there's conflicting case law, conflicting precedent, as yep. we call it, yep. Yep. Uh, yep. in the law. Yep. And it's down to lawyers to interpret the, the red lines and, and determine whether or not this is a risky structure or it's not. Mm. Um, also, solicitors, uh, the reasons why clients pay us is because 
we do this all the time. So we know what's market, so to speak, or what's best practice. Mm. So they don't necessarily care as much about the law. It's not as much about is this legal. It's more about what's best for us. What's going to make our next move most efficient? Yeah. And what what's have, what are all our competitors doing? Right. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. Nah, quick. I, I hear you. A quick one I need to touch on as well. Um, I was at an event the other day and. Which um, one? I was speaking at my uni actually. Like it was, it was quite an interesting talk on um mm. the fact that I'm doing finance, but I did a science degree. But basically, I was talking to one girl there, and she was saying because we we're talking about tech and how like you know it affects mm. every industry kind of thing. Mm. And she was saying like she's not gonna lie, the one industry that she would be scared of if she was in right now is law, because especially if you're just a lawyer but you don't have anything else, you don't have any other like technical skills. Because she said there's definitely a big focus on sort of the rise of implement technology into law and implement technology into law and sort of um, standards advice being given kind of thing. But obviously I can see you smiling, my boy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like basically is your career done out in 10 years or that? Or nah, come, there, on, come on, come on, come on. We're good over here. We had, we, had a we had a conversation. Yeah, we making a couple years ago, 10 years anyway. It's funny because we, we actually had a client who raised the same point. Do you know what I mean? He, there's a guy called Richard um, Suskin, I think, and he, okay. he's been arguing for ages that mm. law is like ancient and it needs to be um, revolutionised. And Okay. I mean, AI is going to play a massive part in the law going forward. I'm already like being involved in automating contracts. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the idea is that it's going to help us to stop doing a lot of the minutia yeah. in the law. Yeah. Like, and, and a lot of the drafting that, so for example, say you have a seller, right, of a company, and then all of a sudden, actually, you have two sellers. Okay. In the drafting, if you've got like a, a, an agreement which is several hundreds of pages you could actually spend a long time changing all the instances <coughs> of seller to sellers right 100. but nowadays you've got technology where, whereby you can just literally go through a checkbox and mm. say seller instead of sellers um you can say all. warranty what warranties you want to include in the agreement they'll put in your standard form warranties and that sort of thing is a massive time saver 100. so it saves a client on costs and yeah but she's right in certain areas of the law, or at certain firms, it probably will be difficult mm. for them because they specialize in doing exactly. low level the manual stuff. Work. Yeah. yeah. So there's no way you can automate the actual advice, which is the like the main value adding bit of law. Can that ever become redundant from people through tech? I don't think so. Okay. I, and I think you'd be hard pressed to find anyone that thinks so. Anyone who thinks so, yeah. But okay. uh, but that's why I say is at the highbrow end of law, mm. it's just never going to go out of style. Yeah, of course. It's one of the oldest industries and, you know, it's one of it's Britain's be, yeah. biggest and best exports. No no plug. If you do yeah. say so yourself. <laughs> if I do say so myself. <laughs> it's true. Like, if you, some of these partners, yeah, and, oh, and um, those who have trained or worked at some of the top firms, I would say clients pay, pay a premium for a reason because they know they, they get the deal done, right? And yeah. if a client comes and says, we want this done in a week, whereas at some firms it will take two months, mm. you know, these partners will bend over backwards to do it. <clears throat> Plus there's also, it's also great to have someone who's said, this is okay. Like you can point to a person and say, yeah. this person who's an expert in the field has said, they've given it their stamp mm, of approval. Mm, mm, so mm. someone will just come to the firm to say, look, I've got a stamp from a magic mm. circle firm or a silver circle firm, or basically a firm of excellent standing yeah. who have said, this structure's kosher. 100, 100. And it goes back to what I always say about people deal with people. 
and there'll always be a place for like you know having a person there that you know you've interacted with and you said look this guy's an industry expert and they've given it the seal um so yeah okay so we kind of established um that you know that tech is not going to make lawyers redundant so Iray, did you want to go on to the main point um <clears throat> so speaking of well tech um not making lawyers redundant in terms of what lawyers can or can't do, what can you do for a client and what can't you do? So do you want to focus on what you can do first and then? So I'm, I'm a client, um, I'm Iray Trills, and um, Iray Trills, I'm know. trying to buy um, Sam Effie or Samuel Luca Industries. Costs a lot, you know. Huh? <laughs> know let's, say let's say I'm saving you, maybe, maybe uh, you know, you're insolvent or I'm just trying to save you. <laughs> Distress debt. <laughs> well, I said debt recovery. Rescue you know? finance. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my days! So, so, so um, I say, uh, 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 Warren, what next? So, would you, would you come up with the fee? Who comes up with the fee? His lawyers, my lawyers. How, how would it work? So, he would need Luco would need, need lawyers. Ira Charles would need lawyers. Yeah. Um, first of all, we wouldn't be able to act for both of you because that would be a conflict of interest. Um, and that's a big point. Whenever we act for a client, we have to do a conflicts check when when you're a big firm. Mm. Um you have multiple clients, you don't know what everyone's doing. So the related parties and everything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And there, there are some circumstances where you can like say if you're a trills, you was to find another person who's got a lot of money and they want to. If he trills. Yeah. You got if you trills. Yeah. Then you're a consortium. <laughs> that's what we like to call them. Then we might be able to act for both of you. Yeah, um, yeah. So long as your interests align. So in that respect, okay, that's fine. Then obviously we, we have to do our KYC and check that your money's legit. Of course. Don't mm. be money laundering out here. What if KYC Exactly. <laughs> money laundering checks. Well, um, that, I'm sure your money would be legit anyway. Of course. My boy. Um, then we'd get our terms of engagement in place. Um, ours aren't usually that hotly contested, but you have to think about things like, like I said, fees and where we're going to have a cap, where we're going to have a discount for you. Obviously, I'm preparing a discount for you. Of course. Boy. And um, <laughs> some firms actually have a liability cap. And sometimes okay. that is quite hotly contested. But for us, at the firm I work at, it's uncapped. So we, we never really argue about that. But then you have some assumptions in there as well. So I might assume that this deal is going to end in two months, right? Mm. Or I might assume that it's not going to be hotly negotiated. Um, and that, in terms of what we can't do, there's, there's not too much that we can't do. If, if for example, you was to tell me... <laughs> if you was, was trying to get me to set up a tax avoidance scheme... If I think it, if if our tax lawyers were to say this is on the wrong side of the law or this is just a bit too risque, then we we wouldn't put our name to it. Even if the money's right. Even if the money's right, <laughs> we've I've actually seen that a clients come in individual, and you know the money was right. Mm. They had Very the money right. there, bro. It was good, <laughs> good money. Superb, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, their their tax situation wasn't great, and it was quite clear like. They had companies in their structure that were owned by their mother and by yeah, their sister. Yeah, taxes and, and yeah, yeah. Taxes. So in those circumstances, we might just turn around and say, "Sorry, can't help you, mate." Mm. No, I feel you. Can you force a client to do something, or, do you, is, it, or is it just is it strictly advisory? Strictly advisory. We can walk away at any time. Yeah, we can always walk away, um, but it's strictly advisory, um, and you know. I've never been in a situation actually where it's come to that. 
and probably that's probably got a lot to do with the fact that I'm a transactional lawyer. So it doesn't come to the point of, you know, well, we've got a client who's committed rape or committed murder, um, which is a very different circumstance, right? Where, where you might have to walk away from a client because they've told you something sticky. Um, but you can't, say, force a client to um, bear witness in court. You You just can't do it. So let's say, let's say you're a criminal lawyer very briefly and um, you're defending Sam, for example, and Sam admits, yeah, he did it, he's guilty. What do you do then? He wants to plead not guilty, but he's told you in confidence he's guilty. What happens next? Well, lawyers are bound by the um, solicitor's regulatory authority and there's an SRA code. Um, all lawyers have a duty to the court as well as to their clients. And when the two are in conflict, then it gets wait, wait, wait. What's the duty to the court in this situation? That the that the criminal should be brought to justice, or in this particular situation you just described. In this particular yeah. situation, yeah. if you've got a client who's Do going on the stand to lie, know, yeah. swearing that yeah they've taken the oath, yeah, then they say not guilty. But you've told me behind closed doors you're yeah, guilty. Yeah, but obviously confidentiality, my boy. You can't go and tell them what man told you in confidentiality. <laughs> I, can, I, I wouldn't be able to. Okay, yeah. But, and this is where it does get sticky, but you do owe a duty to the court oh not to goodness, help. Oh my goodness, me, bruv. Are you serious? <laughs> not to help your client commit perjury. So you, you wouldn't disclose it to the court, yeah. but you should probably terminate the contract, terminate the terms of engagement. You should probably walk away from your client. Because um, cause I don't think, because I remember um, a friend of mine back in the day, not me of course, a friend of mine back in the day um, was um, facing charges of um, uh, GBH. And um, I remember after the solicitor did all the work and then introduced him to the barrister, the barrister that like, did you do it? And the barrister goes, and then the guy was like, yeah, and the barrister goes, you know what, don't, don't, don't say that again. Yeah. Yeah, don't tell me that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The embarrassed, I was like, don't tell me that again. Actually, I shouldn't have asked you that question. He was just, he was just there just for the money and to, to defend and that's, him. And that's, that's the other thing I was going to say. That's, the that's thing, crazy, that, though, isn't it? That's the other thing the I was going to say. The man said, don't say that is, again. Yeah, the thing is, even if, man did, <laughs> even, if man, even if man didn't say it, yeah, there's instances where you know that he's guilty, innit? You know, innit? You know he's guilty, but he hasn't said it. But as a lawyer, you not, is it not, you're required to be ethical, right? You're required you to like you know maintain the highest yeah, standard you're of ethics to the and public. Like, you know yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So, bent, man. No, but so there, there have been instances where I've actually heard of a guy who was a lawyer. He was on the train, got got really pissed off because I think someone was pushing him on the train. Lost his cool, started shouting at the guy, intimidating him. He got disbarred. He's a lawyer just because of that. Oh right. Yeah. Sometimes like they do hold so they take to a, that another to standard. Thing. They take it very seriously. Because my point is, yeah, if you're a criminal lawyer, because they do exist and they know that their clients are criminals. <laughs> is that not literally going against the whole ethics thing, the ethics aspect of law and that? Like, how, how are you even allowed to have criminal lawyers? Okay, I guess, because some of them are not guilty and that, but do you know like that? When it's black and, when it's black and white, how is that? You know even? the guy did it. Like, I think it's the principle that everyone has a right to be defended, right? Oh or ha goodness. everyone has, <laughs> everyone human right, has it, the yeah. right to be, they do. Everyone has the right to be represented in court and, you know, have a defence. They do. And and that's um, you don't even sound convinced yourself, bro. Everyone has a right to a fair trial, right? Okay. And it can't be fair unless it's balanced. So mm. you do need an argument on either side. Yeah, so even if say you were even if it's conflicted out, or or you um, understood that your client was committing perjury, you might have to step away. But they'll still Someone need counsel. Yeah. So it is it is a sticky one. I've never been in that situation myself. But before you become a lawyer, you have to do these exams where you. You study the code and well, all of these different outcomes and principles and how you would act in 
each circumstance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do tests on it. I was gonna ask. Um, stuff. I, was, I was gonna ask. So, oh, it's, it's gone now. I was gonna ask who. Oh, uh, it's gone. <laughs> You're not carrying out. I'll come back. Okay, so um, let's go on to the next point there. So, Warren, you kind of touched on it earlier, but like, how did you actually get into law? Um, I did quite a lot of work experience. Like I said, I, I did work experience at Chambers. That was really off a whim of like submitting an application. Yeah. I, I remember going into lots of different law firms on the high street in Catford and all of them were like, nah, they didn't want to have me. <laughs> Wait, what stage is this? This, this was actually at secondary school. Because yeah, yeah, my school didn't that. do, yeah. yeah and yeah, I yeah. think it starts from there, you know. I think it you early. You have to get some sort of- When you're of, doing all the files and all of that, fam. Bro, bro, the graduate, like, <laughs> you know, I was just there at my desk doing, yeah. doing filings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I actually did something at Matrix Chambers and that was a fantastic Chambers. It was, it was amazing. Superb. Um, and no one else at my school was doing work experience. Like they didn't trust oh, the students wow. to go on work experience. So when all my friends were going to Sainsbury's and, and that, you lot get other schools, we did it. nothing. Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was yeah. really the start because yeah. the barrister I was shadowing there had his designated solicitor who I got talking to and he was like, look, when you want work experience, Let me know. just holler me. So when I got sixth form, sent him an email, um, shadowed him for a while. Mm. And I thought, actually, this is really interesting. You build relationships with the client. Mm. You actually see the case. You develop the case. Um, you do a lot of witness prep. I thought was I thought it was a lot more interesting than what I've witnessed yeah. on the barrister route. Did some mooting at sixth form, which is basically like a mock trial. So you pretend to advocate. We had a uni in it though, mooting competition. Right? Yeah, why is and it then negotiating. Mooting? Why is it called mooting? What's, what does that mean? Because you're trying to shut someone up. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's it. I mean, <laughs> fair enough. It's just bro. like moot. It's like mock. It's like okay. mock trial. Right, I, I think that's why. Um, I but I did more suit still. But anyway, go to yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, the ones. I that. I yeah, that. with Rachel still. and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What else you seen? I've seen a couple of things. This suit still. This suit is live, lad. I don't watch it. Okay. I know you, you used still. to watch it a lot back in the uni. You know? Harvey, my come boy. on, Mr. Spectre. Come on, man. Come on. But yeah, go to so you sit from my gone. Yeah, did did the work experience, and it was only when I was in year thirteen that I found out what corporate law was. Okay. Uh, I must admit, you know, initially you see it and you, you see the salaries and you see the international opportunities and you think it's a nice little segue. Well, it's an couple, exit couple of it, zeros, does, it presents a lot of opportunities, right? So um, that that is when you're coming from certain backgrounds, you mm. you do want a job that provides great opportunities. You're not going to go to university to then to then join a profession yeah. which isn't going to provide those sorts of ops, right? Like paying for my LPC, my mm -hmm. legal practice course, which I had to do after mm. university. So a lot of stress and Irene knows because we shared a house at uni, mm. um, getting training contracts and, and VAT schemes and, you know, always going back to London for the sessions. But yeah, got got a couple of VAT schemes, like I said, mm. got the training contract at the firm I'm at now. Mm. Um, and I've been there ever since. Even with your whole application process and that, yeah, so obviously the mantra of this whole pod is to, you know, find issues that are mainly pertinent to, like, black black people from London mm -hmm. and from the UK in general and try and find solutions to them. Did you ever feel like any... Um, did you feel like it was a more of an uphill task being, like, a young black man and you said you were from a certain background as well, so a certain area, so... Catford. Like, uh, <laughs> <Get her>. like <laughs> you, <laughs> shout out Blue Story. Um, so you did a, <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Shout so you did a, oh, you watching? Hey, shout out Rap Man, fam. That's my, Come on. my, my, my Blue Bar. 
reminded of me of a few um, clothes calls where we've been through. I bet. <laughs> I remember when you, you told me you've been in the G spot a couple of times. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Oh my goodness, me, man. You, man. Front line. No bad boy. <laughs> no. But your school wasn't like private or grammar. You just went to a oh, normal no, school. No. So did you feel any like challenges, your background and your profile? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm. It's difficult given that you might not necessarily have someone that you can call a mentor or counsel. Um, I think things for me were made a little bit easier by the advent of like the internet. And I think that goes for our generation generally. Like every opportunity I've had has pretty much been through research online or like even just reading a book about the law or mm. the career itself. Or like I said, making a contact somewhere and following up. Following up is like massively important. And it's only recently, it's only since I actually became a lawyer or even started a training contract when I started engaging with young people that I realized they'd be great, like great to meet them, give them my card. They said they want a mentor and they just don't follow up. Never hear from them again. Yeah. Happens so many times. Just a bare lip service. Yeah, for A you, lot man. of lip service, bro. Mm. But I, I, I think it is more difficult. And I would say there's race and then there's social mobility, right? Like there's your socioeconomic status, so to speak. Mm. And for me, I would say both of them played a massive part. Um, race, I would say, because of what people expe expect of you and um, expect you to say or do or expect you to do with your life going forward. Um, and socioeconomic status, I think, because of the stereotypes, obviously, that people have if you're yeah, from yeah, a council yeah. estate yeah. or you talk a certain way. Mm. But for me, I mean, like now, I speak the way I speak. Um, I'm articulate. To clients as well, yeah? Not yeah, just yeah, your yeah, team, yeah. fam. Yeah. Well, see, you say so. You say yeah. You, there's certain things I'll say to you, man, that yeah, I wouldn't yeah, say yeah, to a yeah, client, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're authentic. You're your yeah. you're yourself. I'm myself. Is, I don't yeah. put on a different voice. I don't have two different voices. Do you guys feel like? Um, do you feel like we? What do you say to people that say black people just want to get in just through tokenism, like just through you know through being the quota and that kind of thing and you know, there's, I've even started seeing things on Twitter, like where, <laughs> like some of these, um, some of these diversity networks are saying like white people are not appreciated, like white people are actually a minority and any achievements they achieve, people start saying that um, they're only getting it because they're white and they talk about white privilege. Honestly, I'll share it to you after, but it's crazy. Like there's a whole event that one firm put on that they were like, um, yeah, literally, how are all my achievements just put down to white privilege rather than my hard work? So that's crazy to me. But <laughs> obviously, like, what do you guys think to people that say, you know, we're just capitalizing on whatever? Uh, it's a broad question. Uh, in yeah. Consulting, what I see, um, I'm in a unique place because in my in my company, uh, my boss is black, for example. But is your boss's boss is the main so, guy. So, and then my, my boss's black boss is white, but. He spent 20 years working in Nigeria. Yeah, you said, you said. So he's said. seen the culture. I mean, he was talking to me about like, all the <laughs> corruption and all that. And I can see that he was just genuinely like, yeah. like you know. Um, but to answer your question, I do understand what you mean in terms of yeah. white people complaining that um, they're not giving as much um, credit for their hard work. Um, I've met some white colleagues who are fantastically good at their jobs. And it wasn't because of privilege, or I can't say because of privilege. Um, however, you do get some people who work who are working and you're like, how the hell did you end up here? Yeah, plenty. More more than the other type of person you described. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, what, I, yeah, what do you think? I think, I think <coughs> a lot of white people just don't see us. So they might see 
a sprinkling of black people in office and think, well, we're, we're operating on the same level, right? You know what you're doing. Mm. I know what I'm doing. I might do better than you sometimes. You might do better than me sometimes. We're all competing with each other on an equal standing. But what they don't see is all the other black people who applied for this role and didn't get it, right? Yeah. But like, yeah, there's a, it's it's survivor's bias is a big thing. So what's like, that, what's that? essentially where you're one of a few who got through. And you think everyone gets through. Exactly. Kind of yeah. So you, you then have a bias towards the fact that, well, if I could do it, yeah. why can't everybody yeah. else? Yeah. If I see 10 other black people, um, then I'm going to be like, oh, that's great. But I don't see the thousands of black mm. people who applied. Facts. If, honestly, in my firm, I remember someone said to me, um, I know there aren't many black people at the firm, but, um, <laughs> I said, but. do many black people even apply in the first instance? Oh I was thinking, gosh. I can on. see him. I can see him in my head Do you now, know man. how many black people were on Rare, SEO, BLD? BBCG, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but because we, see, because we are a part of that community, we know the number of black people who are out here studying law or mm. uh, want to become IT consultants, right? Or um, want to become accountants. Mm. So for us, we see the disparity, whereas for them, they just don't see us. They don't yeah. really see with us as part of the London population. Yeah, they don't come to true. South London, they don't go to East like that. It's true, man. So I think, I think for them, once you've made it through, they look at you and say, well, you're equal now, so mm. what's the point? Just mm. shut up and carry on. And quick solution to that, obviously we'll get back to the main point, but is your solution to that just sort of you know, helping them see their privilege or, or what would you but say? Some of them don't want to admit it. And, you know, some of them don't want to admit it. Think about it, why would you want to admit your privilege or why would you want to change it if you're privileged? Let's specify in the law industry, like, have, has there been a change over over time? Are there, like, sort of stats that, you know, like, without, beyond beyond reasonable I, I, doubt? I mean, 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 I would say at the firm that I'm at, there are, I think, like seven black people. Out of what, 200, 300? In the whole firm? Yeah. Fam, I've been to your office. That's not a small firm, black. No, there's thousands of people. Oh my gosh. Or like a thousand people, maybe. That's um, terrible. There aren't, there aren't many. Oh my days, um, bruv. And in terms of actual qualified lawyers, there are... Less than seven? Um... Yeah, I think it's five or six. No, actually, I think there are seven qualified lawyers and then there's some more trainees. But it differs a- across firms, right? But I think I think the law is changing. They're, they're doing a lot more now than obviously they were, like, say, 20 years ago. But the problem is there's a lot like of... Like what firm? What are they doing, guys? What are, you guys doing, <laughs> what are they doing, big man? <laughs> um, one thing is contextual recruitment. So, okay. like, say if you get ABB or yeah. you get three Bs or BBC. Okay, yeah. They will look at that in the context of where you studied. Okay. I think they're changing though. Yeah, and if that's like in the top, say 10% of your school, then they'll understand that that's mm. the equivalent to getting three A's if you in went to a private school. Yeah. That is one of the major changes that I've noticed. That's, oh, that's, that's good still. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people who uh, didn't do as great as they wanted to in A-levels. And not because they're dumb or stupid, just because the teacher maybe wasn't as great or the actual school itself wasn't as great. And in their context, that maybe that was a good grade. Like maybe that was written because I know the school I went to, at least for GCSEs, like it's they just want everyone to pass. Like they wanted people to get C's. And yeah. if you got your B's, that then was good. You're outstanding, yeah. Of course, you got your. Why are they even looking at your A levels though? You got your degree. Like say so you got your. You say you flopped A levels, but you got your. Yeah, first but remember, he, he, his degree, he 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 got he had a vacation scheme, and then. Mm. I've got a job oh, so he had to finish university okay, yeah, yeah, yeah so they, they, 
they always recruit from second year. In fact, nowadays it's sometimes first year. For wow. real? Yeah. They have to be on point from day one. From day one. Some people are <laughs> on it. Yeah, first see year, them younger now, fam. They're fam. getting in there and they're getting flown out to Brussels, getting taken to Ariana Grande. Hey, say Listen, that's what they do to woo you, innit? But in terms of, so they've got contextual recruitment. They're also now starting to focus at universities other than those in the Russell group, at least so they claim. I I think they need to do more of that. Don't just focus on Oxbridge and Russell group universities. Um, I think that's a major move in the right direction Mm. and one which firms still need to work on doing more so because at Russell group unis, I mean, the number of black people there just aren't many so like you're talking about probably another class of 10 black students on the law course whereas if you go to other universities you might have a law school where it's actually predominantly black Mm, 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 mm. i feel you so so in terms of um you know great initiatives that are you know in place to try and solve these kind of issues bbcg so obviously you're the founder um well co-founder um, but chairman of, B- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of that's BBCG. Right. That's right. Um, it's something that me personally, I've been um, a member of pretty much since I started at the firm that I'm working at now. And, you know, it's something that I completely love. I love the people, I love the projects. I just love everything about it. So do you want to quickly tell us a bit about why you started it? What's like happened so far, future outlook? And obviously we'll chime in when you want to chime in. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so BBCG, short for Black British City Group, is a network for black professionals in the city um, primarily. So, you know, industries such as law, banking, accounting, consultancy. Um, Our membership stands at about 55 now. Um, We focus on supporting the the wider community, both financially and through our services. And we also just try and connect professionals with one another so that we can each build out our network. for personal reasons as well as like business development like it's it's great it's, mm. it's a great thing to do and mm. we set out to do that in 2015 so it's been four years now yeah um and when i first yeah when i when i first thought of the idea the idea was for black people who are really doing well for themselves at that stage when we were what like when did we graduate 21 yeah when we were 21 i was very keen for us not to start a professional get into the city and just like lose ourselves so to speak right. sell like, out. yeah sell out and not give back to the community and lose that kind of network that we all had at uni yeah, yeah. so that that was one of the main ideas and actually at that point a major feature for me was us using our finances to help one another and help the wider community so that is a key pin that is a pinnacle principle for bbcg mm. to ensure that you're paying mm. a monthly fee no matter how much it is right um and that money is then used to give back to the community. Um, some of you might have heard of City Generosity, mm. which was a big fundraiser we did earlier this year, and we did it um, in 2017 also. And all of the proceeds go to a charity of our choice. Mm. We raised um, 13K this year. Um, net was 7K, which will go to Forefront, um, an, an anti-violence charity. Shout out Forefront as well, man. Big Listen, charity, fam. They're, they're big making charity, serious fam. impact, fam. serious change. For real, for real. We have our quarterly meetings as well, as Sam knows. Sam's also a, a youth manager of BBCG now. Um, so we mentor young people on a monthly basis at Oasis Academy in Silvertown. Um, so we're, uh, our three key focuses, apart from the network itself, like the social aspects, is youth, business and charity. And um, yeah, we're working on each of those limbs. And we're also starting to work with a few more corporates who are interested in trying to work on their own diversity and mm. get some 
consulting, trying to consult with our network. So mm. yeah, great. Cool. <laughs> so, like, um, so just for those still listening, still online. Um, I was gonna say. So just I wanted to just have a quick practical steps. Yeah. Yep. So to get a lawyer, um, what's the first step? <clears throat> first step is to find a good lawyer, mm. and to do so, I would say look at a directory such as Legal Five Hundred or Chambers, and both of those are excellent um, directories in terms of ranking lawyers. Some, not every lawyer makes it to a ranking. Um, so that's the first thing. Don't just accept any lawyer that gets thrown at you and don't just like go to Catford or Peckham High Street or whatever and like just go to the first lawyer. Like <laughs> look them up, see if they got any accolades, right? Yeah. See if they're rated or even by word of mouth, right? Like your boy who got the barrister. Um, of course, yeah. yeah. Or your family lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and the next step, and then, so then, uh, and then the next step, so what happens? They prevent you with a legal piece of paper or which says we're going to advise for you. Yeah, what happens next? Next step, they will want to have a um, a meeting with you and all lawyers do this. Like they'll, they'll be listening more than talking. They'll ask you some questions about your situation. Mm. They might give you some free advice on the first meeting. Is that, is that, is that pro bono? Is that what pro bono is? No, nah, that's not pro bono. Pro bono is entirely free. We'll, we'll come to that. We'll come to that after. But <laughs> assuming you're that's fine. We, we established that last time. <laughs> assuming that this isn't for like the good of the community and you actually need legal advice for your own personal circumstances, mm. you'll probably be paying. But that first meeting should be free. Mm. And based on everything you've told them, they should be able to give you advice there and then. But like just an overview. And you can get an idea of how good your lawyer is from that. If they can't give you any advice on the sport, they can't give you a general leaning towards what you should do next, then probably not that great. Really? Um, like yeah, you need yeah. to know, because you, say you're going in there completely blind. You don't know what you're going to come across. You literally well, have to have an opinion like that. They don't need an opinion. They should definitely go away and think about it, but they should be able to give you some first impressions. To, so like to say, wow, okay. look, the law in this area is generally okay, X. general, right? Yeah, okay. if they can't give you a general overview, then they're probably not yeah, a specialist in again, that huh? field, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. why would you want to instruct them? And I know that because on a, on a legal practice course, that's one of our like courses, we have to interview a client and yeah. give them some free nuggets of advice, ask them for certain information, and come back to them. Mm. And the next step, so the third step, would be to enter into these terms of engagement that I spoke about earlier. Um, review the engagement letter everything's up for negotiation always remember that don't just sign on the dotted line um, it'll probably be like five pages it won't be a massive document so it's worth reading through mm. look at how much liability how much whether there's a cap on liability and if so what the cap is what's that liability essentially <laughs> how much they're on the hook for if shit hits the fan <laughs> <laughs> essentially like how much they're liable for right how much they're on risk for how much um they responsibility they've assumed so if if it's three million then you know if on the basis of their advice you've taken an action and then you get sued for it or it's negligent advice they should have to cough up that three million yeah be subject to a claim enough. and then you instruct another set of solicitors to sue their ass every single law firm has insurance by the way so they'll be insured they'll just get their insurer to cough out the money so why do you have to get insured if I'm just, cause you, is that because you could be advising me wrongly? Exactly. 
I could give you negligent advice. I never would, but you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And they say that's why it's sort of lawyers and uh, um, bankers, you know, yeah. the top echelons get paid so much because <laughs> their mm. asses are on the line, basically. Mm. Like, you know, if they get sued. Is that why? Your reputation's everything, though. Yeah, reputation is everything. Mm. It's true. Mm. Um, yeah, it is essentially, as I said earlier, that rubber stamp, right? Yep, saying yep, yep. this firm mm. has said. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get <laughs> and I'm pointing yeah. fingers like you, bro. Like you know, there was, there <laughs> every was. document we do, like the, the share purchase agreement, it's got the little logo there on the yeah, top yeah, left, yeah, right? Yeah, that, yey, that's that holds value. Still. How, how, how are you guys seen in in the world? So are you guys seen as like pains? Are you guys seen as? That's a good question. Yeah, Because for example, when I'm when I'm on my deals, uh, we normally have like the marketing teams, head of marketing, head of heads of legal on the same call. Because you know, you know, when when we're, when we're talking about privacy and uh, um, internet law, right? And I'll be like, okay, you can do this, you can do this. And then uh, the lawyer will chip in and you literally hear the marketing team and lawyer, legal team on the same call, argue. just argue for like yeah, 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, marketing are all interested in them capturing um, user data, you know, being able to track users, being able to sell ads, yeah. But lawyers are all about being compliant. So marketing don't care about the law. I've had clients tell me, listen, F it, we don't want to be compliant. On the phone. <laughs> and then two weeks later, email me saying the lawyer, the, 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 the legal team said, you know, we need to change it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. how are you guys seeing? Are you guys seeing as... Pains. Yeah, because what, what I normally do in my call is, I normally, whenever the, the lawyer talks, I try. I tell him, listen, don't worry, we can talk about it offline. <laughs> to not, you're, you're to not derail the deal, you're right? So how, how are you guys viewed, if you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, it's a very good question. Depends who you ask. Some people really do see us as blockers. <laughs> <laughs> like we're the deal blocker, right? Or like we're the ones who make things, who um, protract the entire transaction. We we take a bit longer with things. We think about things a you bit longer. You shake it in other words. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, in some instances, we're entirely respect, like we're, we're held in very high regard because we move quickly. We give commercial advice. I we tell you what to hear. And we give you things, well, not just, that we tell you what we what, what you want to hear but we come to a, to a reasoned conclusion and we give you um all of the reasons as to why we reached that conclusion in a concise way um but a good lawyer isn't going to be a deal blocker like they'll give you a solution not a problem mm. Mm. yeah because bad this, lawyers just say yeah, just oh, gives, yeah, this one just gives us problems yeah it, it'll be like yeah, and I think and I've I've always, sorry sorry I've always felt that a lot of lawyers just okay, maybe in, in the IT industry is different right or in the tech industry is different but a lot of lawyers <coughs> I've just seen them always bring negatives as opposed to solutions. Yeah, we don't do that. So like I think a lot of in-house teams, no shade, but in-house teams yeah, are in-house, viewed in in-house, that yeah. way. So like when yeah, you have an in-house yeah, legal yeah. team, the team is always like the actual commercial guys who are getting deals done, or the guys yeah. in marketing who want to force things through. <laughs> just see the legal team as blockers yeah. because like they're sort of they're a bit they're cost aren't they i mean like they don't make money for the firm whereas like say at a law firm we're the fee earners we're making money for the firm so mm. internally you guys are seen as like the cash cow <laughs> you're the engine like that's a boiler room like that's yeah. where the magic's happening yeah, right yeah, so yeah. internally you're rated then externally sometimes a client might like you sometimes they might not right but the way say like i touched on earlier with research notes mm. you can we will never say um, the law's unclear, we don't have a solution, we always reach a conclusion, mm. always. Even if the law's unclear, we'll say, okay, this there's this point. argument and yeah. that argument, but we think mm. this is the answer. Mm. And if, if we can't reach the answer, we'll then reach out to counsel, so like to a barrister, to get their expert opinion based on what they've seen in courts like live in mm. action. So I think, I think that's what you get with the premium service, service but premium. you're paying like, 
anything from like like my time is probably like around four hundred pound per hour, and then yeah, certain partners sick, are like eight hundred pound per hour. Yeah, 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 partners are, which is ridiculous, right? Mm, and like mm, you mm. can easily run up a crazy bill. And I guess when you're doing all the um, engagement letter and agreeing the contract, that's, and all that, time, that's when you got to even agree the staffing. I'm guessing to, oh, no, do, no, to no, divvy no. up how you're gonna do the work and that. No, it's a little bit of time, you know, writing emails. <laughs> <laughs> you got a budget that firm, firm. <laughs> every call, every email, yeah, everything goes down. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like the engagement letter or like anything to do with billing the client, that <clears> should you don't pay for that. That that's all that's all written off, but yeah, you think about how you structure the team, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. of course. I was going to quickly say just to on your point, I think you know made great points. Another angle I wanted to bring in is like the public, and I think the way the public view lawyers or like the um, practice of law in general is good because at the end of the day, like the what's morally right is that you know the law should. Be... <laughs> yeah, that's what rainmaker is, isn't it? Law, I mean, isn't it? that's why I said law. As a practice, not lawyers, because you man eat a lot of money for but like a man are not eating. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> some lawyers aren't eating, you know. Hey, some you man are eating. eating. Cause what do you no, eat, some man? lawyers are not eating. Why say some lawyers are get out no. of here, get out of here, bro? Man. Have you heard about the lawyers on strike? <laughs> some lawyers are on strike, cuz. Awesome. Yeah, in the criminal space. Yeah, because they're not strike. earning two hundred bags; they're only earning a hundred. Two hundred bags. You know, jokes. You made a good point, actually. Like normal people value lawyers because end of the day, the law is there for a reason. It's right. It's moral. So the, the, we the want th- that yeah. to be upheld. There's the, mm. the, the, the a saying um, uh, for, in terms of criminals, mm. c- people say criminals don't have money and that's why criminal laws don't make a lot of money. Is that, is that, is that, is that fair? I mean, it, it depends. It really does depend. But for criminal solicitors, a lot of them struggle, especially if they take legal aid cases. So like, you know, when you, uh, I'm sure you've never um, ended up in a police station, but oh, if you never. were to have done hypothetically yeah. <laughs> that lawyer who's just um provided to you like at, at default you know free of charge legal aid right they're not getting a lot of money but are, are they good though they're not really i i yeah. can't comment about I some of them are them, yeah. very good you know they they work hard they 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 work on tough cases right um what what, what i find crazy is how a prosecutor can know you're not guilty but still argue to put you in jail isn't that crazy? That's a talent, though, bro. Oh my god! Isn't that crazy? You're convincing everyone, fam, because you have to convince yourself to be yeah. that convinced. I, 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 I find it so crazy because it's like to them, you're just a piece of paper who needs to get shut down inside. Yeah. Where you could Real actually life, be, yeah. you could actually be innocent, and the prosecutor literally arguing to put you behind. It's true. So all they've got is a piece of paper done by maybe their their lawyers or their. their uh, What's the word? Not solicitor, the public lawyer. What's it called? You know how a, def- a criminal, a defender. So you know, um, uh, someone who's done a crime mm-hmm. don't have a solicitor, right? But mm-hmm. someone who's attacking the the, the, the defender, what are they prosecution. called? Prosecution. So the prosecution. That's it. Yeah, yeah. The prosecution. They might be for the state, or they might be for you. Yeah. Are they solicitors as well? Is that the role? Yeah. Are they solicitors as well? Um. Yeah. 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 You can be a solicitor working for. Okay. Cool. Of a public so yeah. So to them, the barrister who's arguing, um, who, who, who's, who's the prosecutor. He's just seeing a piece of paper with all these different notes and facts and literally arguing them to put the guy in jail. So is it a case where sometimes it's just about how good your lawyer is? How good your lawyer is does play a part. Um, Which is why I say initially the first step should be to research lawyers, research for sector. And I mean, obviously costs will always play a part in that because as I I touched on, you can get a lawyer free via... Um, legal aid or, or you can pay a, a bit more but you know your freedom 
the most important thing, right? Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it's you know we live in a capitalist society, man. It's <laughs> it's true. You can you can buy better lawyers who will give you better outcomes. Mm. But one thing I have to say, not every lawyer is up. I think that's a misconception. And you're I all think up, man. I'm not having it, man. I'm not having it, cuz. <laughs> and you're taking consulting work as well. Me, fam. <laughs> it's a good business, I won't lie, because yeah. if you think about it as a business, oh, 100. right? Makes your sense. main outlay is salaries. That's your main outlay. Mm. You pay money to get great people to provide advice. And everything else is what? You're still making a premium on it anyway because even though they're paying you that, that nice salary, they're making a lot more off you on the deals. Yes. And that's yeah. how it works, yeah. Like your profitability is so high because, like I said, you're charging out at, say, circa £400 per hour. And um, that's just an approximate figure, mm. not necessarily my firm, just generally. Um, and that can range depending on your seniority. And then, yes, that will be negotiated when it comes to like the fixed fee and and there might be discounts on the on that fee, but of course, yeah. So it's a very surely it's quite business. easy to just like start a law firm and then like just hire sick lawyers and make pee fam. Yeah, but you, you, but you don't even have to be a lawyer. Like, I could jump into that remember, myself. Why would a client work with you? Don't worry about when that they, when they don't know you. <laughs> don't worry about that. When there's other existing lawyers out there on the market, I'll get the best lawyers. Who all the, the name and recognition behind them? The, I think the main blocker, or just going Salaries, out and setting right. up a firm, even like if you've worked at top firms, right? Salary. For some is, yeah, the salaries and that insurance point I touched on. Okay. So I can't remember what the minimum insurance is, but it's quite a lot. I think it's like 25 million. Actually, do you know wow. what? I, I, I won't even throw out figures, but it's in the millions that like, you need that insurance. Yeah. It's not It's not money that you need in the bank, right? You can get reinsurers and whatnot, mm. but it isn't, it isn't as simple as just yeah. saying, you know what? Hey guys, <laughs> I'm a lawyer. I've got a law firm. Yeah. I'm just going to set one up tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, that simple. Yeah, you also need you. to be regulated by the SRA. Anyone who purports to you, by the way, to be a solicitor, you should g check them just on that the SRA website. Type in their name. If it doesn't come up, then they're not oh, your name, your name on the website. Naturally. <laughs> So, 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 yeah, so I know, I know you did your LPC. You're a bad guy. Very. I know, you, I know you did your LPC, right? What makes you a lawyer? Like, when you, when, when, at what point are you a lawyer? Is it after you do your training? Is it after you do your training? And, um, yeah, is it after yeah. that? Or? It's after you've done your training contract. So, which, which is always two years. Um, and that's actually the hardest part becoming a solicitor or, or for a barrister, it's your pupillage. Um, to, to get that at a top firm is, is extremely competitive. But once you've done that, you know, you're the laughing. SRA admit you, yeah. you're good. And you're then you, they can't really take that away from you. I've heard of instances where people have left for law for a couple of years, done some interior design, you know, took down their roots. And then they've gone back to the law after, you know, two, three years and they're yeah. good. You've always got your paper, fam. Yeah, yeah. but you're a bad guy. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what happened in those three years, though, if the law's changed? So like you, so you 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 got your training contract what in 2017 right? Because mm. was it 2017 2016? Actually, I received it. Uh, when did I start it? I started it in 2016. Yeah. And then you got it in 2017. I remember we went out after to celebrate. I think. But I actually got the offer in 2014, ages ago. You know, second year uni. So that's when you got the um. The, okay. Oh, so you, oh yeah, because third year uni you were just <laughs> yeah, clean, clean the chart card. So you got a training contract. But it was all subject to me getting a two one. If course. I got a two two, they would have just taken away the training contract. And if I failed the legal practice course, they could have taken away the training contract. So, so the training contract is it? Is it actually? Is it, have you actually got a piece of paper and you laminated in your, in your room or something? No, actually, no. So it's just no. Uh, so what's the it, proof? It's, it's essentially 
you do kind of keep a record. So you do four rotations, at least at the firm I'm at. It's quite standard to do four rotations. You sit in four different teams. I did it in finance, corporate, regulatory, and disputes. And the SRA might sometimes ask to see a record of what you've done. But by and large, they take it on trust that at least if you're at a top firm or a big firm, should I say, they'll take it on trust that you're you've been supervised well and you've had the correct amount of experience. I must admit there is a particular requirement for a certain amount of experience to be had. So like there's a certain number of hours that you've, of work that you've had to have done. But at certain firms, they'll just assume that you would have had that. Cool. Okay. Do you want to do a quick one over for accountants or? You know, I think we like can go. Yeah, we can go in depth in another and yeah, other. But just cool. quickly, like solutions for the issue. Then, so, so oh, what issue? Uh, are accountants <laughs> subject to like regulations or any sort of code? Or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. From FCA. What's, of what's, course. What's the yeah. FCA? But there's different. Yeah. Um, there's different kinds. So it depends the um governing body you sort of lie with. So. If you're an ICAEW accountant, for example, you mm. have to comply with ICAEW's code of conduct and whatnot. So yeah, like I said, like there are you know there are a lot of similarities, and I think the core at all of it is that we are trying to make things um, sort of morally right for people at, at the very at the we're, we're at the aren't you the one setting up? Believe, the one setting up believe it or, believe it or not, believe it or <laughs> that's why my money. Uh, that's why that's I said. That's better than get. That's bro. why. That's why I said um, we won't go into accountancy in this because it's too. There's too much to it. Like for example, you could be an accountant, but you can be. You know, your job is like you're basically consulting, or you could be an auditor. Who mm. the auditor? That literally the root of their um, mantra is to check financial statements and make sure that it's free from like fraud and error and stuff like that. So. There's no point going into Can I just that, ask bro. one question on <laughs> auditing front, right? With audit, yeah. Especially with all the scandal going on yeah. uh, more recently with yeah. big audit, big, the big four yeah, of doing yeah, both yeah, auditing yeah, yeah. and accounting advice. Um, what is the actual consequence of, say, a big... I'm a, I'm a company, right? Yeah. You know, Warren Wellington Limited, and I instruct auditors to audit my accounts. They yeah. audit it incorrectly. What mm -hmm. recourse do I have, like... Oh, what recourse does someone else have who's relied on those audited accounts? Um, the there will be sanctions and penalties for the firm, but the whole um, there'll be greater sanctions for basically the auditing firm because their whole business is, um, you know, they're in to ensure that those um statements and whatnot are free from fraud and error. Mm. And if you're signing off to say that it's not, then you know you're liable for that and. You know, there's literally like, there's been, like you said in the news, there's been a history of like significant penalties and fines and like people have been struck off de depending how like bad the finding has been. They get been. struck off? Honestly, yeah, there okay. have, have been instances of that. So like I said at the beginning, like those partners are eating because it's literally their opinion. They're signing off to say this is fine kind of thing. And loads of stakeholders rely on that sign off. Like you could have banks that mm. are relying on these audited accounts mm. to you know, to give money or whatever. So yeah, man, it's, it's a sticky one still. Yeah, because we often, I, I've, I come across accounts obviously on transactions because the purchaser will be relying on the accounts being um, audited. Being yeah. audited. Sometimes yeah. they're management accounts, like, you mm. know, not, un, not audited accounts, but in the case they are, like, you know, 
you think that you can trust them also, yeah. right? Because they've yeah. been audited. Yeah. And then you use that as a basis to determine your consideration, like determine how much Absolutely. you're going to pay for the company. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just real. wondering, okay, so say if <laughs> it's audited now, inverted commas, and it turns a, out it's all BS. It's a, that's what, <laughs> honestly, it, it, it does need a whole podcast because even mm. if you want to look at audit, there's external audit and internal audit, and they are completely different in what they're actually setting out to do. External audit is more what we're talking about in terms of trying to um, confirm that all your numbers and your profit and everything is correct, and then whatever using it as um, a guide to um, to make decisions. Mm. But then with internal audit, that's more advisory and that's more looking at like the whole business where there's gaps and areas for improvement and stuff. But what it is with big firms is that their firms, their business is so big that they may be doing both, so they may actually be the ones that are, you know, checking the numbers to make sure that it's correct and that, you know, there's been no fraud, but they may also be giving some advice and like it's called channel mm. one and channel two. They may be doing something in the back end, which is determining those numbers. Mm. So in a way they are auditing their own work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. obviously if you find the madness, you don't really want to call it out because that's just going to look bad on you. So that's where it just gets sticky and yeah, man, it's not, it's not a five minute conference still. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Go um, next topic. So yeah, we got it. We got it. Cool. Um, uh, where can we find you? At Warren We on Instagram. Follow BBCG UK on Instagram. Hit me up on LinkedIn. If you got any professional queries? Might Not a big fan of Twitter. You know, <laughs> you know I, I've seen what Twitter's done to, to, <laughs> to, to great men. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Don't say anything bro (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then um, Have you got any future events Coming out for BBCG Or anything we can uh, Reach out Uh, Well we just had A a really big um, Student conference Which was amazing Sam was actually On one of the panels Fantastic man Um, And we should be Replicating that next year So For any students Who are um, Looking to get a foothold In the city Do do keep an eye out For that Um also, city, city generosity will be back with a bang next year. It probably won't be as late in the year. So next year, summer, we'll have um, a big fundraiser. And think about joining as well. Jo- look, hit up the Instagram um, and there'll be a link to our website where you can submit a, a really short application. Just write a bit about yourself and why you're interested in the Black British community and giving back, making some sort of an impact. It'd be great to know what you do as well. And yeah, it'd be great to have you join. We have a Christmas warmer coming up. Um, so we have many socials and you'd definitely be invited to all of those. And um, do you guys do you guys offer any mentoring schemes or any opportunities to mentor people who want to get into the city? We don't actually have a formal mentoring scheme. Um obviously our formal one is is with Oasis Silvertown. Um um that's for students who are at secondary school level. But in terms of like any other level, you know, we're all open. So we're happy to mentor anyone, but there's not a formal scheme. We do have an intern who we sort of mentor and we, we have a look at our applications as and when. And we are actually currently looking for an, for another intern or two. So if there are any students um, from anywhere, any background, any level of experience, so long as you show some hunger and motivation and you have the time, mm. um, drop us a line and we'd be happy to consider you as mentee and an intern to see how BBCG works and learn a bit more about the city what we do Perfect. where can we find you Sam underscore Luco everything 
Uh, follow me on um, Instagram, which is iri.ae. Uh, follow me on Twitter, which is iraylewa, which is I-R-A-Y-L-I-W-A. On Instagram, it's I-R-E.A-E. Don't know why it's different, but yeah. <laughs> um, follow the podcast on My City Podcast everywhere. YouTube. Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, um, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify, and CastBox. Um, yeah, probably have an event next year, uh, but we'll, 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 we'll announce the date closer to the time. Cheers. Uh, yeah. In a bit. Anniversary, baby. In a bit. Thanks for coming on, bro.